Hi, I'm Andrew, and this is the Daily Keenon podcast about today's global crisis. The coronavirus pandemic is dramatically disrupting not only our own daily lives, but also society itself. This show features conversations with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers about the deeper economic, political, and technological consequences of the pandemic. It's the daily podcast trying to make long-term sense out of the chaos of today's global crisis. Hello, everybody. Uh, nine years ago, I wrote a book called Digital Vertigo, which warned everyone about the the dangers of screens. I argued that it was rather like being in Hitchcock's Vertigo. You fall in love with something that you can't quite control, or you fall in love with the the blonde who turns out to be the brunette. So I remixed Hitchcock's Vertigo to make sense of our addiction to technology. Uh, today's guest is an old friend, Tiffany Schlein. She's based in Marin County, just over the bay from me. She's a, she's a like me. She's been in the digital space many years. She founded the Webbies and done many other things. She's a filmmaker and writer. Her new book, uh, it's not really a new book, but her book, uh, last year's book, 24-6, has um, just been released in paperback today, and it won the 2020 Marshall McLuhan Award for Outstanding Book. Uh, Tiffany, congratulations on the award, 24-6. You're reminding us then about the addictive dangers of technology. Is that fair in the book, 24-6? Yeah, but not only telling you about the fears, but I have a strategy for dealing with this 24-7 world that we're living in, which, I mean, you've written so, such great work about it. But, you know, it's so much about the business models that want to keep our eyes glued to the screen at any cost, including our attention. And about, about 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago, um, I started turning off all screens a week for what we call our bots. And it is the best thing we've ever done. And where we did it more crazy, everyone became just like always staring at their phone. And now in the pandemic, just staring at Zoom all day. So um, it was, it's, you know, the book came out last fall. Um, it's been really exciting to have the paperback come out today because I think we need it more than ever. Um, it just, we need a break from the news, from the stress of the election, from the stress of the pandemic, from being on Zoom, Zoom to Zoom. To Zoom. And um, this is a very simple, ancient idea of taking a day of rest. Yeah, Tiffany, in all seriousness, this has been a year in which people have warned about the dangers of screens more than any other, I think. The, the zeitgeist has profoundly shifted since 2011 when I wrote Digital Vertigo. We're warned of the dangers of social media. The social dilemma is, is a big hit now on Netflix. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has become uh, public enemy number one. He's become more and more seen as the guy who's bringing down our democracy. So your book and your work, Tiffany, I think are, 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 are very timely. As you said earlier, uh, you argue not against technology itself, but in favor of the tech Shabbat. Of mm -hmm. course, this is not the Shabbat of... Uh, bringing the uh, the computer while you're cutting the challah. It's uh, a Shabbat in which uh, there are no longer any screens. Tell me a little bit about your tech Shabbat. When does it start? When does it end? And what do you do? 
Yeah, it starts on Friday night. We turn off all screens. We usually have people over for dinner outside. So it's a very, you know, social evening Friday, but there are no phones, no screens allowed. And then it goes until Saturday night. So Saturday during the day, I read deeply in a different way. I think so much clearer. I'm much more present. Um, it's really my favorite day of the week. I'm already looking forward to it now on Tuesday. And then we all go mine on on Saturday night. And then you kind of appreciate technology all over again. So you kind of have this double hit. You can't have to turn it off and get some perspective and presence and sanity. And then and then you're excited to turn it back on. So I think to your point about the social dilemma, and there's obviously so there is a moment happening where I think when I was first doing TechShabots, people were just starting to get addicted. And everyone is acknowledged they're addicted, they're burnt out, this is real, there's disinformation, all of the things that you and I kind of were talking about earlier on are manifesting. And so so much that we need to do. I mean, obviously you saw the lawsuit against Google today. So there's like legislation that needs to happen. There's business models that need to be questioned. And then there's things that every individual can just do now, which is really try to instill a practice in your life. And I think a full day every week. And I, in the book, I also go into these other little things I do the other six days, but we remember what it's like to not be connected to the network. That's like making you just want to get on it more and more and more. And it's very liberating to remember how to think and be without being in the amygdala response network 24 seven. I think you're doing a good job, Tiffany, in the sense that um, it's all too easy now to become a critic of, of, uh, of, of technology. That's become the, the new zeitgeist, whereas 10, 15 years ago, everyone was embracing technology. Uh, and you as a, 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 tech, a technology maven and veteran, um, are arguing that we need to to walk the fine line between hate and love. And, and you had an excellent Fast Company piece this month, too, about making Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter fun again. How do we do that? Well, I think that this is a lot about how do we use these technologies to amplify who we are? And like even thinking about McLuhan, instead of amputating who we are. And that basically, there's so many good things, especially during the pandemic. Just imagine going through this pandemic before the web. It would have been a very different experience. You'd just be sitting there without a lot of news. You wouldn't be able to probably do the work you did. You wouldn't be able to go to school. You wouldn't be able to socialize. So it's incredible we have the web. But it's taking that beat and thinking, should I be on it all the time? Is it better as a phone call? Should I invite someone over at a distance to have a conversation? Should I turn the screens off to think? Like I've t taken so much input over the, the headlines and things I'm reading and should you just sit and trust your own brain for a little bit to do some work on everything that you've received through the screens? Because I think that we're just so used to the first thing we look at in the morning, the last thing we look at, and then all throughout the day. And there's great power in using your mind and creating enough expanse to turn it off. So I think that the article I was trying to, that they excerpt a chapter from my book, there's there's incredible things you can do with Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you curate and use them wisely. And I think we need to think, you're curating your brain. Like the people you follow on social media are shaping your brain. If you're only looking at stressful news headlines, you're gonna just be high cortisol level in your brain. If you choose to follow people that challenge you and inspire you and make you think different and look at different perspectives, you're going to challenge your mind. And 
you know, all of that is well and good, but also don't be on it too much. I mean, I find that you're so, they're like your streams of, they become your streams of thoughts. And who do you want to let in precious, incredible brain, which is the ultimate technology, which it's, is the human yeah. brain. It's, it's Hitchcock, right? You're, yeah. a, you're, a, you're an experienced filmmaker. <laughs> Tiffany, uh, last year before the pandemic, it seems a century ago, I was at your house in, uh, in, in Marin County for a birthday party, a Friday night birthday party. And your kids and their friends seem to be particularly energized without technology. You have two lovely teenage daughters. I have kids slightly older, but not much out of teenage years. You're an expert in figuring out how to, I wouldn't, I, I use this word carefully, police technology and social media with your kids. What advice would you give people? Well, I think ultimately we want to teach our kids to be comfortable to just be by themselves and not need to be entertained or distracted every second. And kids are making great things with their devices also. And so I'm not into that, but there's so much neuroscience research that just shows it just really put your mind in a different mode of thinking. And, you know, every week we get this one day that's a completely different mode of thinking. And they know how to live without it. It's not like oxygen. They can, they're happy without it. And I think that's a really valuable skill to be able to be with yourself and to be able to make a conversation that doesn't involve showing something on your phone. So they have grown up with it. And I mostly see it, you know, my 17 year old daughter who's 11 years in of um, these texture bots and how much she values it. I mean, she, she looks forward to it the way I do. And she says, you know, I need this day. And when we, a couple times a year, all of us can't do it for a couple times a year. Like we have a talk, she has a conference for school something. And then we, you just feel it so much. You feel like you're not recharged. And I think we're all living in a state of burnout right now. And I mean, from the election, from the pandemic, from being on Zooms all the time, but this is a very simple ancient strategy. I mean, even though I'm not religious, I'm a secular Jew, but the concept of a day of rest is 3,000 years old. And much in the way that like yoga and meditation have become, you know, a lot of people try them. I think everyone should engage with this idea of Shabbat and not just like Friday night, but like a whole day every week, that something to look forward to and to recharge you. Uh, Tiffany, your book is a very, the, 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 the book 24-6, which, uh, as you said, won the, the Marshall McLuhan Award. Uh, it's a great honor. Um, it's a very personal book. It's not just about tech shabbats and yeah. fighting against the the addiction of technology. It's also about your father, uh, Leonard Schlein, who was a very distinguished neuroscientist. Uh, I had the honor of meeting him one time. Um, what would your father, if he was around today as a neuroscientist, say about our addiction to screens? Hmm. Well, you know, my father, he was a surgeon and he, back in the day when you could be a general surgeon, so he operated on the brain, he delivered babies, he kind of did it all. Now it's very specialized, but he also wrote a lot about brain um, in his books. And, you know, I think the greatest thing about the brain is there's so much unknown about it, but he clearly believed that different technologies changed the shape of the brain. So he wrote this book called The Alphabet Versus the Goddess that he was looking at whenever the alphabet was introduced to society, societies became more patriarchal and women's power went down and goddess cultures went down. And at the end, he talks a lot about the effects of the internet. And um, I think I think he would be very worried about what's happening in our country. 
Um, yeah, I've thought about that a lot. Actually, right before he was passing, Obama was just becoming our president and he was so excited about that. And I'm glad that's the note that he left America and this world on. But he was a great thinker about the effects of technology on the brain and on society. So I think that in the conversations I've had with him in my head since he's passed, and actually the reason I started the Tech Shabbat, and you're right, in my book, we started doing this because um, I had this very dramatic period where he died of brain cancer and my daughter was born and within days and I felt like life was kind of grabbing me by the shoulders and saying, focus on what matters. And that's when we started doing it. And I feel like this pandemic has been another moment where everyone's been like shaken by the shoulders and said, like, focus on what matters. And those are real opportunities to change the way you're living and what you're focusing on. I know you're also uh, particularly thrilled to get the McLuhan Award because you're a great admirer of Marshall McLuhan, who perhaps it was the most prescient of all 20th century theorists on media. Totally. Uh, do you think McLuhan would have been sympathetic to the idea of a, a tech Shabbat? Hmm. Hmm. That's a great thought. I'd love to have him over for a Shabbat dinner. Yeah. Um, I think he would because I think a lot of his work is about looking at the way technology is affecting us. And it's very hard to understand that. I mean, you're a great writer on this subject, but we're often losing perspective because we're so plugged into the network all the time. And what I find is on these days when I'm unplugged from the network, I get to see the network in this whole new way. So I think he would see the value of that perspective that we don't often have now. Uh, Tiffany, I know you're also a very political person. And like most of the people on this network who are watching the show, you're not a great admirer of Donald Trump. No. What do you think the impact of Trump has been on our technology consumption over the last four years? And what will a Biden victory mean in terms of that addiction? Well, he's just, he's just all amygdala. He's just trying to scare you and all caps and no prefrontal cortex and all drama all the time. And we're all exhausted from four years of him. So hopefully Biden We'll bring a little bit of what, like Obama, no drama. That was like the tagline. And that was what they talked about the White House. So I'm hoping we're going to have the prefrontal cortex, perspective, forward thinking, not reacting, but thinking something through before you do something. I mean, <laughs> Trump is just the worst president we've ever had in this country. <laughs> and I can't wait to hopefully... Um, let it be a landslide. Let it be a landslide. <laughs> I have a film coming out next week actually called Dear Voter that I've been working really hard on. It's just a two-minute film, but you'll see it next week. Tiffany, as I said earlier, you also founded The Web Is, which was the first attempt to sort of turn uh, the internet into Hollywood and, and, and create a series of awards for influential digital figures. Could we ever have imagined in the mid-90s a Donald Trump, a Mark Zuckerberg, a Facebook, this ubiquity of screens? Uh, it was not the vision. I mean, the vision of just everyone staring at their screens instead of living their lives in the real world. I was much more utopian back then. But I remember, I mean, the business model really changed the shape of everything. But I think the disinformation and 
Yeah, no, we did not. This is not what we what we hoped for. But I think that there is a zeitgeist, as you mentioned, there's kind of a reckoning happening. And hopefully we're going to start to have more engaged citizens about data rights and usage and people will start using technology so it's not using them. When did you start the web? Was it 95, 96? 96. Well, I started working on it in 95, but the first one happened in 96. So 25 years ago. So... I know this is a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and 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 hopefully the show will still be around in 25 years, so we can come back and see whether yeah. we're right or not. Where are we going to be in 25 years when it comes to technology? Is this ubiquity of screens going to be replaced by something else? Are we going to be? Are these screens? We're not going to be. Yeah, it's going to be all like in our contact lenses. I mean, looking down will go away because I've always thought like sooner it'll be in your glasses, your contact lenses. You'll be like clicking and blinking to click. Um, but we'll, there'll even be more questions about what's influencing our minds and how to detach from it all and to create boundaries when you're not being influenced by a million things coming at your brain. So I you feel like my, my texture bots are like self-defense. Yeah. Are you admirer then of this attempt to control big tech, the antitrust against Google, the suspicion of Facebook and, and Apple uh, and- uh, I definitely think that there needs to be some looking into their business practices. Yeah, I do. I mean, and I, by the way, I know it looks like I'm drinking a beer, but this is not a beer. It's <laughs> like, it looks like I'm drinking a beer, but I'm so thirsty. Um, yeah, well, everyone thinks I'm drinking wine, but it's actually- It does look like you're drinking wine. What is it? I shouldn't admit this online, Diet Coke. Oh my God. And I'm not being paid by Coca-Cola to say that. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, listen, I think they've just kind of, there's been, we're just, everything's free. Everyone, the garden of Eden of free and, and look at the effect that that's had. And we need to do some questioning. Yes, I do think we need to do some questioning and we need a lot more translators on like what they're doing and how it affects us, how it's affecting our kids and, and more control over how we're being manipulated and data harvesting. Yeah, I do think so. So twenty four seven, sorry twenty four six, and the the uh, the the screen Shabbat. That's not enough. We need to do more. Oh we yeah, need I, the last we need, uh, yeah. more accountability on the part of Silicon Valley. Yeah, and I go into that in the book. It's like has kind of a history of the web and where I think we took a wrong turn and where I think we need to go. And then it's got my own story of like loving the web and technology, getting it did, trying this practice into my life, and how can you can bring this into your own life. Um, but I have a lot of thoughts in there about what we need to do with the web, but also it's our own legislation of ourselves. Like people go, oh, I could never turn it off. We'll try. It actually feels great. We just forgot what that's like. Well, it's a marvelous book, 24-6. I think especially for parents and for people who can't control their own addictions, um, a must read. And again, a real honor, a thrill for me as your friend that you won this 2020 Marshall McLuhan Award. The book is out in paperback today, so everyone should get it. Uh, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany, finally, uh, you're in Marin in these strange times, in these two weeks before the election, which will inevitably change America one way or the other. What else should people be reading or watching? Uh, I assume you're allowed to read during the Shabbats, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah, I love reading. Okay, the couple books that I've been reading, uh, this one I'm rereading because I read it a long time ago was Guns, Germs, and Steel, which is really interesting to think about in terms of the pandemic. It's like that these those three forces shape civilizations, Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond. 
And then I'm reading a great novel right now called An American Marriage. Um, it's very heartbreaking and powerful and the writing's amazing. And it's about an African-American couple where the husband gets wrongly accused and it's very gut-wrenching and really good. You've been listening to Keynote, hosted by me, Andrew Key. Make sure to join us the rest of this season as we explore how to fix capitalism. Make sure to visit us at lithub.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're at it, if you enjoyed what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would also help too. Today's episode was produced and edited by Justin Alvarez and the team at LitHub Radio. See you next week, and thanks so much for listening.